I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network, where we discuss the entertainment of the unexplained. I am your host, Aaron Sagers, a journalist, author, researcher of all things weird. I can also currently be seen on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus show Paranormal Caught on Camera. And hey, you know what? On the various paranormal shows I do, Paranormal Caught on Camera, occasionally we even get to talk about things like vampires and i love them as a creature and i love the show that we're about to talk about today because from 2008 to 2014 for seven seasons i think about 80 episodes true blood ran on hbo and really captured the moment was such a conversation piece within pop culture And something I I especially loved about the show is like, no matter your background or no matter uh, whatever your gender, sexual orientation, whatever, this was a show for everybody. Everybody could get in on this show. And that's something that really made me a fan and made a fan a lot of, of a lot of you out there. So I think that it's great and it's appropriate that we are now. Heading back to Bon Tomps with Truest Blood, a look back podcast where we revisit this world of vampires and werewolves and fae and everything. Produced by HBO Max and Safe Haven Productions with executive producers Kristen Bauer, Deborah Ann Wall, and Janina Gavankar. This show is where the podcast is already five episodes in and as a look back we get some behind the scenes tidbits we get interviews with the people involved in the making of the show and really a recap and and it really feels like this kind of emotional revisiting of a show that we all love so much so let me bring some of this creative team onto the camera and we're gonna we're gonna have a chat with them so you know her from the True Blood world as Luna Garza, but uh, Janina Gavankar is also, she released her short film Stucco last year, which she co-wrote, she co-directed, she produced via her company, Safe Haven Productions. That won a special jury award at South by Southwest, and it earned an Academy Award qualification. It's become one of the best, most watched short films. I think last time I checked, it was clocking in around 37 million views so let me bring her into the stream hello Jean. Hey. thank you for good to being, see you man good to see you good to be seen and and let me bring in our next guest of course she played pam on true blood she has been seen in the facebook watch series sacred lies as maleficent in abc's once upon a time uh, in Nocturnal Animals, uh, Paradise Cove, Boy, Boy Behind the Door. She voices Mira in the animated Justice League series. And, of course, we know her from Seinfeld, Ellie Law, Everybody Loves Raymond, all over the place. Give it up for Kristen Bauer. Hey, Kristen. Hey! You are here, and thank you for being here. And 
Of course, we know her. We love her as Jessica Hamby from True Blood. She can be seen in the upcoming features Ida Red and Deborah. She has also starred as a reporter and a part of the Nelson and Murdoch legal team on Marvel's Daredevil. She played Karen Page. She has also appeared on film stage, most notably Sony's Escape Room franchise. She's been in Zoe Kazan's Ruby Sparks and all over the place. You can also, we were just chatting about this backstage, you can catch her online performing in Relics and Rarities for Geek and Sundry. It's a role-playing game series she created, uh, and through her socials, she and her husband are also champions for research and treatment for visual impairment. It's a really great organization. She does a lot of great work. Deborah Ann Wall, thank you for joining us. Hi, everyone. Janina was also on Relics and Rarities. <laughs> she did me a solid and came in and played oh D&D for TV. I'm yeah. just always standing by for Deb to DM anything <laughs> that I can be a part of. It was an I, easy ask. Kristen, was, you'll be uh, next. You can okay. just <laughs> I, I was saying backstage that I have to go do this yeah. onstage gameplay for D&D, and I was trying to get some tips from Deb on how not to look <laughs> like a doofus. Spoiler, my, I don't my, know how to not look like a doofus. My only tip is to lean into the doofiness. Lean, lean into it. Oh, Be a big dork. Just own it and love it. D&D is about well, fun. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I can't. I don't think I can divorce myself from the doofiness. Yeah, so, well, if you want to. <laughs> so, Truest Blood, I've been listening through this podcast, and it really has been this, not just a trip down memory lane, because it's also refreshing so much about this mm. series and, and educating so much about the series that I did not know about when it first aired. How mm. did this initial concept come together? And mm. also, you know, if you if you can talk about it, what kind of relationship have you guys maintained in the ensuing years since we had the series finale? I think Janina, you're, you're a good person to start yeah. off with since safe Haven <laughs> is really the powerhouse behind this. How did this initial concept come together? Well, I listen to podcasts more than I watch television and film. I put in more hours in podcast listening than anything. Um, like it's like just underneath video games. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was listening to Marietta, the podcast, and then I did, I did like an online convention and Kristen was on a panel with me and I just missed everyone so much i was like why are we not doing this okay mm-hmm. we're doing this now and so i i think i was like i it's when i get into these modes the girls will tell you like i get into these like i click into this like go time mode and then i'm just like i'm going to coerce everybody into doing this fun idea mm-hmm. that i have immediately so i i think the last thing i said before we all signed off was like kristen i'm calling you after this she did. And then and I was like in Ohio, like stamping around and just being like, why are we not doing this? And we talked about, um, you know, what it would take to make it, what the best case scenario would be and um, how do we fit in t- into our schedules and also who is perfect to be in a chair with her. Right. right. And, and like, the answer was Deb, who's also I've been very close with. So it was yeah. really just like, you know, it was just like a very obvious kind of, okay, the three of us are going to put this together. Now let me go to HBO and sell them their show back. I guess. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's one of those things where it's like, how do you, how do you talk uh, a giant company into 
letting you do the thing that you really, you know, you want to do with all of your heart, with all of your friends. Mm -hmm. But HBO is kind of one of those places where they they get it and they see the value and they, they kind of leave you alone to do it the right way with the caveat that they can kill it at any time. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's sort of like, it, it was like that. And, then, and that's the truth, you know? Um, and then we all met with them and we talked about what it should be and what we wanted it to be. And then we were kind of off to the races. Well, I mean, obviously. What am having, I missing? Deb, ha- Kristen? No, that feels right. Yeah. That's it. Well, you're, you're a creative force. And coming along, that's what we and, get from that. Is yeah, Davina and, is a creative force. And, and coming, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a hard sell to HBO to be like, "Hey, I was on the show, and and I have other people that were on the show, and we we, we all want to do this podcast together, and I know how to make this happen." <laughs> it doesn't seem like a hard sell uh, for them to sign yeah. on to that. Yeah, so. and it's you know, it's it's not the first podcast I've made, right? So it's right. not the first audio thing I've made. So in terms of just like that side of it, I was able to give them a bunch of source material of like the work that I've produced before. So you know that I could I I could promise and ensure quality control for them, you know, um, and and then you know they understand that these women and their memories and their relationships are the value of a podcast like this, Mm -hmm. their perspectives and the depth in which they are going. When you listen to the episodes, you see exactly why it had to be them and it had to be now. Right. So they understood it. It was just like a pretty obvious, we're doing this. Let me do this for you. Great. Thank you. Moving on. You know, (laughs) well, Kristen, for you, when Janina had this this eureka moment after this talk, this online panel that you did, well, first off, was it an automatic yes or did you, was there any hesitation about, I don't know, do I really want to go back and relive this? Yes, it was a great experience, but do I want to go back and talk about this on a weekly basis moving forward? Was there any kind of hesitation on your part? Well, in hindsight, it turns out, you know, now that Deb and I have done the full first season, we've we've found what our contributions are, and we yeah. make many jokes that Deb is Scully and I'm Mulder. <laughs> so from the start, it was so interesting because Janina said we should do a podcast, and I don't listen to podcasts, and I hadn't thought about any of this, and I just said, yeah. <laughs> That feels right. That feels great. That feels wonderful, especially, you know, I was all emotion about it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of your gut, right? <laughs> when you get instantly emotion, at least I'm like this. The second I feel like the tears rising, it's like my truth serum. It's like, okay, yeah. right, I'm having yeah. the, the physiological reaction to needing to do this. But also the other thing is, you know, Kristen and Deb had not watched the show. Right. So that required them to do something that's uncomfortable for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when we called Deb, she had the probably appropriate response <laughs> and the intelligent response, which I was witnessing going, oh, wow, right, that's a good question. <laughs> Actually, why didn't I ask that? Oh, wow, she's smart. I'm really <laughs> we asked her, and she was Scully, and she had all the, the right questions. And I listened to them and realized that you know we're we're going to be a perfect team and in hindsight we really are you said it's an emotional revisiting and i was like right the emotional and the revis 
She's over there. <laughs> well, and <laughs> yeah, I think in the first episode, if I recall, uh, Kristen, you already you tear up twice in the first episode. <laughs> so the emotion is right out front, right from yeah. the beginning. Deb, for you, what was something that you thought, okay, but I want to do this a little. And again, yes. the, the dungeon master, the strategic mindset, <laughs> yes. the person that has the, the game, the, the game plan. Yeah. What was something that as you were approaching this? You were like, all right, cool. Yeah. But these are the things I want to do. And maybe even some things I want to avoid. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, because as I mentioned, when Janina first brought it to me, because I'm, you know, the what's the bad joke? I, I wouldn't want to be a part of the club that would have me as a member kind of thing. Right. You know, I'm the like, oh, why would anyone care what I have to think person? So I think I tried to talk to Nina out of using me. I think the first conversations was like, I'm not that person. I get shy. I don't remember things. Um, but then as we started to, to talk, you were about like it that they, about D and D too. I, I was like, like that about D and D too. You know, I'm, I'm very much it, I, what I, the scully in me needs the molder to be like, Hey, have a little belief and a little faith in yourself. And the scully in me also needs to go, but okay, so here are the 10 questions I need answered. So I think I sat down and started doing some research and listening to more podcasts because I, while I listened to some podcasts, none of them were look back after show type podcasts. Um, and the main thing I gathered from that is that they were really fun if the, you know, if the hosts are really charismatic and you really loved the show, but about halfway through on a lot of them, I was like, I'd kind of just rather go watch the show. This just feels like a extended recap. And I really said, let's do that because I think that's part of what makes these fun, these series, uh, fun, but also let's actually do some research and dig into the nitty gritty and make this inside baseball. Can this be a really open eyes look at how films are made? And a couple of the things that happened right off the bat that were really exciting was this idea that for the first season, we had the writer's strike um, and had to take a bunch of months off. And so, yes, people looked a little different when they came back and some of the continuity was missed. Mm -hmm. And I think what was really fun to offer to the audience in that moment was like, that's not that's not an error. That's evidence, right? Like you are an archaeologist of film and TV. And this is a little bit of evidence that that happened in the evolution of this show. And to see instead of getting sort of like haughty or salty about things, actually go, oh, wow, this is this is a way to start piecing together how this was made. Uh, So I get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's really proof. thing I will say, oh, go ahead, Kristen. Um, I was going to say it's proof of the enormous yes. hard work. I'm going to cry. Yeah. This is why I wanted to do it. <laughs> 300 people who yeah. brought that show to that magical level. It was blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. And we wanted to talk to them and say, this is how sets are designed. This is the yeah. person who designed them. And and the soundtrack was played live every single episode. Incredible. And like very unique. This mm-hmm. show was incredibly unique in the support that we had from HBO and the you know enormous amounts of money that they threw into every department. And we shot every episode was up to... 20, 25 games of shooting. Every that is insane. Towards the end. 
Yeah. Side note, just for context, everyone, <laughs> uh, I'm on a TV show working in Albuquerque right now. That's where I am. And it's for ABC and we are spending nine days an episode. Right. That's normal. That's normal. Eight, eight to 10 is normal. We were routinely 15 and on some big episodes up to 20. Yeah. I'm 25. I think Feinberg's episode was 25. The longest one. The longest one. The longest is our UPM. <laughs> and I really, I, I really appreciate that we are getting to hear from people that normally behind the scenes production, we don't really hear from on yeah. these shows. I think that that's, that's really insightful because they have a lot to add about how the the sausage was made yes uh, or how i guess how the 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 true blood the bee was made <laughs> but with that said the I, I am curious about if there needed to be a little bit of a distance between the show ending before you could do this and yeah. perhaps it's all of us getting a little bit older and we feel a little bit more comfortable looking back on the work we've done or whatever it might be or maybe it's just giving some breathing room. Do, do you feel like this required 13 years uh, since the premiere before before you could really get back into that? Janina, you look like you have a thought, uh, but all of you, I want I want to uh, hear from about this. Did it require distance? I think it does. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean the, you know, the the ladies will tell you about how hard it is, why it's hard for them to watch their own work. Right. Mm. But like. We're almost two life cycles. Seven years is supposedly a life cycle, right? <laughs> so we're almost two life cycles past it, you know? Um, and everybody that made it is, you know? Yeah. It's also like, yeah. <sighs> there's something about what? that, that nostalgia. Go yeah. ahead. Well, no, but I also think, you know, it's it's like, now we have a lot of after show podcasts that happen simultaneous mm -hmm. with the show. And I think in a way that's a different type of, podcast and you know to, you know at look back after show kind of podcast for hours we get to do it with all of the hindsight and all of the experience we've had since then that say hey wow this was really unique because i was a brand new film and tv actor when i came on to true blood so i didn't know necessarily that this was a unique experience or that this would be now the bar by which i measured the rest of my you know experiences on sets and so you know if we were doing the podcast simultaneously i wouldn't have the same insight that i have mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. yeah and this thing i want to do want to bring up something you said earlier you said inside baseball so <laughs> a lot of times i shy away from oh. those kinds of projects because um because I just don't think people, the you know, I talk about this a lot, like there's art and there's industry. And when you talk right. about industry, it's just not, doesn't, it's, it's the thing that we artists have to suffer through to be able to work, right? Um, and that kind of baseball, I just don't, I'm not, I don't care to unpack, but that's not what's happening here, right? Like the the themes that they talk about, the they talk about the human effort that it took. That is actually the baseball game that it's we're the talking inside, about. For me, it's the inside baseball of the art form of how yeah. this yes. gets made. It isn't about the contract negotiations or things like that. It's going to be literally how do you take a book <laughs> to then a series of scripts to then something with actors and something with music and a set. And, you know, what are these little granular steps that you have to take in order to get that done? Well, and it speaks yeah. to the power of the fandom because 
when something becomes such a part of popular culture, people do want to devour every element of it, yeah. everything behind, even down to the contract negotiations, <laughs> things like that. People want to absorb all of it. And I mean, that speaks to the legacy of this thing. But but I am curious, Kristen, for your part, when you were doing the show, even if you knew that this was a powerful and special show, did you think, and obviously it was part of the zeitgeist, it was part of the conversation, cultural conversation at the time, but did you think that it would have this legacy now more than a decade since it premiered that we would still have an interest in it? Or did you think this was a great job and a great show and maybe people <laughs> will, you know, kind of remember it, but on to the next? Um, you know, I, I didn't think about it, and it's a really good question. I feel that, so I'm someone who likes to re-watch shows that I love hmm. to an, an, a, an unprecedented degree. <laughs> so um, Me too, Kristen. Me too. Right over and over and over. And I really, as opposed to, you know, when I branch out and try a new show, it's usually disappointing. So I go back to X-Files and Magna P.I. and Cheers, whatever the genre that was done so well. Mm -hmm. So I do think there's a feeling when something is done really well. You know, I guest starred on so many great shows. Everybody loves Raymond. Mm. I'm knowing in the moment that this show isn't relying on gimmicks. It's actually creating humor out of wonderful situations. And that I think will sustain. You know, I like watching William Powell movies. You know, they're they're before black and white practically. So but I didn't think about it. And, and I assume, you know, it's so subjective for me because I'm in the game. Um, and <laughs> I, in the time we were filming it, it was so subjective and emotional. And I, you know, all I could know is these weird contradictions were like at, at San Diego Comic-Con, we were the Beatles. And then my limo would drop, you know, I'd say, hey, could we stop at that Starbucks? And I go in and order my soy latte and they go, what's your name? And I go, Kristen Bauer, how do you spell it? <laughs> like a nobody three miles out. So, so I would have imagined that this show would live on because every Adam is done with such care and so well. What are some of the things, the surprising things that you having recorded this first season, we, we are now up to uh, episode five is out, but having recorded this first season of Truest Blood, what are some of the tidbits and things that you've learned that you have found surprising that you just had no awareness of when you were actually making the show deb why don't what, deb or kristen do <laughs> yeah, you want to go on first well i mean kristen kristen mentioned i mean two of my favorites of the episodes that are out already are suzuki and Grislev and then nathan barr and gary calamar i mean we they're all fantastic but suzuki i'm I was absolutely enthralled by how much work and, and effort she puts into it and how much she knows. You know, mm -hmm. one of my questions for her was, if you're only going to see the living room, do you design the entire house? And she does. 
And then Kristen brought up the other one, which is my favorite, which is that Nathan Barr, when he was scoring season, you know, the pilot through the finale in season seven, he played live. So he didn't write the Bill and Sookie theme and then just give it to them and they replayed it whenever Bill and Sookie was on the screen. They sent him the episode and he sat in his studio and he played live as he watched the show. Well, I just and that's got what they chills. recorded and played. I fully it's just got chills. That kind of and and what it means is that as we are now watching and now that I can tell an audience that I hope that when they go back and start rewatching these episodes that they listen for that and they hear, oh. There's a hopeful note in that Bill and Sookie theme this yeah. time that wasn't there the last time because he's actually feeling it along with us. So uh, that blew me out of the water when he shared that. And let me interject really quickly that uh, we do have a live chat going. We can yeah. see the chat. And if you guys have questions, throw them out there about the True Split podcast and I'll try to display them as we go along. And Janina, did you have something that has found you uh, that you've been surprised by as the show is coming together? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, truly so many things. Um, this is weird, but the thing I love the most, and you know what I'm going to say, Deb. No, you know but I just say? love the, the, the disclaimer at the front. This is weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. So, you know, another reason that I knew that this was important for for these two women to be the host was because this is a female female led show, mm-hmm. and it has a lot of sex. And so, hearing these two grown ass women talk about sex in this completely empowered way is actually really important, and I mm-hmm. didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's no like tee hee hee. Nobody's like being a child about it. We can all just talk about sex, especially because they're they were in these, you know, like risky artistic situations that, you know, like you don't get to do that often in your career. A lot was asked of us in being fearless with our bodies and our emotions. And, um, and so, yeah, every time they talk about that, just any of the any of the sex, I'm like, yes, because it's just the way that they talk about it. And I never saw that coming. So I well, told you, it's weird. But well, you know. to mention like the inside baseball of the art form, you know, we haven't done it yet. I think we want to wait until we can kind of focus it on ourselves rather than someone who's not in the room. But I would love to do a deep dive on like what what does it take to make a, a scene like that happen and how do you do it in a way that everyone is comfortable and that it feels like a story is being told and it's not gratuitous. And because there's a whole you know, we don't talk a lot about that in interviews, uh, you know, for the various events we go to. So I love the idea that this is a space in which we can go, hey, we're going to take 20 minutes and really let you into how how to, how to do this the right way? What are some of the things you, you know, come up against? Um, yeah, so I'm excited about all of that. And yeah, the other thing is, you know, we are all very open in, a, in an era where people are talking about making sure that the workplace is okay for mm-hmm. everybody. And True Blood is an example of where we were all safe, all okay, we froze our fucking asses off. We but, were cold, but we weren't. Yeah. But we, we never survived. felt. Yeah. But yeah, we barely survived in that <laughs> way. But um, we felt 
supported and everybody had our backs. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's an example of how to do it humanely and successfully together with other artists. And, and that is, um, and just an, an unexpected something yeah. that I love. You know, speaking of other artists that, um, I mean, every, literally, I'm, I'm fascinated by every inch of this podcast. Um, thankfully. Like, <laughs> I know, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, thank God. But the, I'm just thinking of all of our interviews and, and Deb did these amazing outlines for every, I'm going to cry, Deb, you're so wonderful. <laughs> These outlines where she would find these tidbits. So the bottom line is I knew Pam and I knew the scenes that I did, but were not there. I I had some scenes with Deb. I had none with Janina. One time Sam passes me in a hall and says, hey, Luna. And I say, who the fuck is Luna? That's it. So when we interviewed Carrie Preston and Sam Trammell and Aisha Hines and Adina Porter, these people I didn't get to work with, and we hear their audition stories and then their process and what it was like being on that show. Right. What was the The human show? Yeah. Yeah. Carrie, I mean, just everything about hearing about the same show that I was on. It wasn't even the same show. <laughs> Didn't even feel like the same show. It's yeah. Different universes. Yeah. It different it's universes. like, yeah, it's like it was the True Blood extended universe, except on one show. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm with the, with the, with Truest Blood, are you also hearing from cast members? Some maybe you've stayed in touch with, some maybe, you know, life happens, maybe haven't talked to that yeah. are coming forward and saying, oh, so when are you going to have me on? As again, <laughs> when, when's my yeah. shot? Yes. Well, we also did one thing. Um, the three of us discussed it. We wanted to personally text and email all of our beloved friends before it was announced. Mm-hmm. Because, and I think we even did it before the deal was closed or whatever, <laughs> you know, because it was like, this is a highly personal project. This was a this was many years of our lives, mm-hmm. and um, we care about those people and their relationship to the same show. Just you know, with just as much. Right. So we actually reached out to them and said, "Hey, it looks like we're doing this. We wanted to reach out to you before it was announced because you matter more than an announcement." So just, but like, and also we'd love to have you on, you know, tell us if you, if it's a pass and we'll just, we won't check back in, you know, but like, but we love you and we're excited and we can't wait for this to happen, you know? Yeah. We also have 80 something episodes to, you know, hopefully if we get a pickup and we get to do this whole thing, that's like 80 something episodes. So we're hoping to talk to most of the people. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Well, as you said, there's a lot of people to talk to even beyond the cast. A lot of people... 300 yeah. behind the scenes. Uh, Kristen, I, I'm going to start with you on this question, but I want to hear from each of you. When you're doing a job, when you're filming a show, you're going to a workplace, but also life is happening around you. Good, bad, happy, sad. And as you're revisiting this show through the podcast, are you also, in a way, revisiting your own life experiences, your, your own personal past? Yes. 
that's such a molder. Um, you, <laughs> yes, yes, molder. Molder experiences things through that objective emotional lens, and and I that's kind of a, a cousin to your my last answer on your other question about the time between filming and revisiting, because I think it was kind of especially season seven, it was actually too much for me to film it and watch it and and. Um, because for me, you know, the other interesting thing about HBO and the luxury of HBO is that most TV shows, you're, the episode you're filming is going to air in like three weeks. We would have the entire season shot before it would air. So our visceral experience was hanging out with our buddies <laughs> and messing around, you know, and performing for each other. And then, you know, if you, you know, when I went to Comic-Con or other conventions, I would hear from people, whatever, you know, Pam phrase, I was like, oh, I guess I did that one <laughs> right. But um, my whole experience is my people and set life. It's the only reason I do acting is set life. I don't really, there's, you know, it's nice to also be able to feed my family but why I chose to feed my family this way is that life, you know, and then between action and cut is secondarily cool. <laughs> so, so, you know, I like my Carney family. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's very subjective for me. And I'm remembering who I was, you know, in 20, uh, 2008 or nine, I can't, I forget when I started, I guess, 2008, but 2014, you know, that's just over seven years ago. We aired yeah. in September of that year. Man, oh man, I had had a very intense year. So it's a lot for me to look back. Yeah. How about how about you, Deb? Are you finding you're also revisiting your your own off-camera life as you're revisiting your on-camera life? Um, you know, this is this is where the the Scully Mulder flip happens, maybe um, <laughs> in some ways. Um, it, I'll say this though too. You know, episode one of six is coming out on Monday, and that's Adina. Am I correct? Adina, is it Adina? Six? I think it's Adina. Oh my God, you guys! Adina's it's fantastic episode. But oh. Adina, I mean, her interviews, her, her interview is spectacular. But also, it's very clear the way she shared her memories about the you know her time on that show is through what happened in her real life that that is very much a marker and that's another bit of this artistic inside baseball that we're talking about is each actor is as unique in their process in their perspective and how they you know mark these things and so to hear her speak about it that way and it's it, it's so linked to what was happening with her and her life it's just a very different experience than i have and and different to Kristen's. I like my life to be very, uh, <laughs> very easy, very commonplace, very normal. I'm very nerdy. I'm very shy. Um, I don't like to take big risks in my life. So that is why I act. I act because with the safety net of a story, I can do things that I otherwise would be absolutely terrified to, to even you know come close to in my real right. life. So Isn't I can experience- that interesting? Because you yeah. know, I mean, look at the work of her career thus far. 
You take big swings, Deb. <laughs> well, that's because so there's it's, that safety net, you yeah. know? Like, it's very sure. easy to, you know, to hurt someone when, well, no, it's not easier. It's when you know that your performance in scene one doesn't change scene 10. You can hurt someone. You can be ugly. You can be wonderful. You can be inspired. You can be, you know, ugly cry. You can do all of those things because there's, there is no consequence outside of the story whereas in my life if i were to speak the way i speak to my husband directly affects what happens tomorrow you sure. know the way that i speak to my bosses or my friends and so i get very um very very self-conscious so there's something about that safety net of acting that allows me to go completely beyond um and so that's why I do it. It's, it's for me. It's the opposite. It's action to cut that I thrive, and anything outside of that, I'm like, oh, am I allowed to be here? Okay, you know, kind of hmm. thing. So for me, no, you know, my the the most. This sounds bad. I hope it doesn't. But the most incredible experiences for me on that show were action to cut experiences. <laughs> were like the artistic making of the story. And so again, I think that's why Kristen and I make such a actually a really great team is I don't remember a lot of the sort of interpersonal stuff that happens, but I remember the homework that I did for that scene. I remember the conversation I had with Ryan about the homework he did for that scene. And Kristen remembers that we were all playing, you know, games on Facebook together and that, <laughs> you know, and that this person was late because they got into a car accident or whatever, you know, like, so yeah. between the two of us, we have both of those bases covered which I think, you know, we've done a good job of trying to balance that. And then I hope for audiences, whichever you're more inclined towards, there will be something for you, <laughs> whether you are a Scully or a Mulder. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's a great dichotomy. It's yeah. a, it's a great dynamic of, yeah, uh, Mulder and Scully. I, I do want to <laughs> bring this comment up just because yeah. uh, it is necessary ah. uh, from our audience. Uh, Sharkan24 says, yeah. what will it take to get a pickup on truest blood a uh, janina you want to go with that one you yeah <laughs> yeah it'll take you um yeah i mean I, I do think that the i do think that people have their ear out to social media noise so um feel free to tweet at any of those people you know yeah um we don't have a real answer you know um these things feel nebulous and yeah. but i do think that you know the reviews and the the tweets um if you are leaving a review if you say like you guys better give us all of the episodes you know i think they're reading them five actually stars. we've we've five stars yeah. would you yeah five stars they've already there's a couple in the audience i've said they've already rated go. and reviewed oh, yeah uh, yeah yeah put it in your review yeah. put it in your review that you want you want season two through eight. And as as you know, we've already reached out to pretty much everyone and they've all said, yeah, game to be on if we can figure this out. So, you know, we have lots of really exciting things kind of waiting in the wings for the right episode. Uh, So yeah, definitely. Well, with that, and download it and give us five star reviews. Yeah. And well, with that said, the further in we get, the more we get out of both Mm -hmm. Pam and Jessica's story yes. is that is that the meat that you're really excited to get into or what are the sort of the episodes that you're really looking forward to 
digging into. I think Scully, neither Scully nor Mulder wants to talk about ourselves. <laughs> I mean, we do and we interview each other. But, you know, I am so excited to talk to the rest of our cast. Yeah. And Audrey Fisher, you know, she did all the Pam costumes. Mm-hmm. And those fittings were, again, they're just like, oh, I just remember us laughing and how yeah. it happened. And we would have two, three, four fittings for every Pam up. This does not happen on any TV show. It doesn't, because you don't have the time. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But not enough shoe shots, right? Was that what you said? That- <laughs> really That's annoying. right, Erin. That's right, Erin. My feet were killing me. You better and be worth never- it. Yeah, they didn't fill my freaking feet. Oh, funny. And then I couldn't take my shoes off because I'd be a different height right. depending upon if I had them on or not. Yeah, and I I can't wait to reconnect with all my buddies. I mean, Michael Raymond James talking to Mm -hmm. him, how incredible is this human being? So I can't wait to talk to all my buddies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. I I definitely, I mean, I'm I'm a nerdy theater kid, and I could talk about acting for hours and hours and hours, uh, and no one would want to hear it except for me. Um, But, you know, I found all my old scripts with all my old notes. I brought out my old composition notebooks where I kept every, like, wondering that I had about Jessica and this world. I kept my own True Blood Bible while we went through so I could keep track of rules and when they were broken and when we got it right and all of that, (laughs) when they evolved, I should say. Um, And so I'm excited to like dig all that back out and share a lot of that process um, from my own perspective. But then when we have actors on or anyone on, any artist, whether that's set design or costume design or music, to then encourage them that this is a safe space to talk about the nitty gritty of that and can you share with us your composition notebooks and you know your initial wonderings about things so that's that's what i'm real excited about you're you're such a nerd and i love it i I just i mean each of you are nerdy in different ways and i i'm here for all of it and (laughs) from star trek to gaming to tabletop gaming to all of it i well uh, one thing i i do have to ask and and deb i warned you about this backstage i would be (laughs) You know, my bosses, everybody's got to cash a paycheck, right? Of course. I have to ask. Yes. There's there's a lot of chat about Daredevil and the MCU. And I guess the question is, you know, would you be up for returning to the role of Karen Page <laughs> if you were invited into the MCU? Has there been any talk about it? Right. Feel, feel free to dodge. Because yes, I mean, dodge, dodge, dodge. You have disadvantage on your attack. Um, I uh, <laughs> No, I mean, look, I I loved playing Karen Page. And, and in fact, Eric Olson in that third season gave me the one of the greatest gifts of my career, which was that Karen episode. Um, that was a week of just intensive work and filming where I got to, for the first time in my life, sort of carry a show and and experience what that was like. You know, from the actor's side, obviously, there's still a director and writer and everybody, but from that responsibility point of view and, and, you know, have a real impact on what that episode felt like. And I just, it was some of the most fun I've ever had in my career was making that episode. And I would gladly, in a heartbeat, pick Karen back up and see her. I mean, obviously I would, I would want it to be the right thing. I wouldn't want to, you know, go for it if it felt completely different from what we did. But similarly to what we're talking about with True Blood and, and missing all of your friends, I would come back because I want to, I want to play with Matt Murdock again. And I want to play with Frank Castle again. And, you know, I want to, I want to see these characters again, even though I've stayed in touch with the humans, um, you know, the characters are also fascinating people. And, 
you know, we talk a little bit about that with True Blood as well, which is that when that show ended, I knew I would talk to Steve again. It would be less often, but I knew I'd, I'd never talk to Bill again. And it is a weird thing as an actor. You have a relationship to fictional characters. That's your job. Your job is to create a genuine relationship to something that doesn't exist. And it affects you as though it does. So that's the hardest part. And so my response to your question is that should they call, uh, I am <laughs> I am here with open ears. I, I appreciate you, you uh, taking that for me. I, <laughs> you, you've saved me so much pain and grief. Aww. But with, with that said, the with this with this podcast yeah. and let's face it you know networks production companies studios they do want to go back to the thing that has been proven <laughs> has been delivered so with that said for each of you if truest blood continues and we hope it does and the interest is still there for true blood which i think it is would each of you be interested to returning to the world of true blood on camera should hbo say hey you know what Let's go back to it. Janina. I'm dead. So if it's a that, prequel. Dead's never flashback. dead. I mean, Luna died. Spoiler. She blew up. Yeah. Did yeah. I blow up? No. No, you didn't I, blow up? No. Oh. Somebody else blew up. I watched her blow up. That's right. Crazy. And then Crazy day at work. Dead's and really never yeah. dead, though, in these shows. I'm pretty dead. Pretty dead. But anyway, the point is, sure, listen, we, yes, absolutely. We have all the de-aging technology, so it's I know, I fine. Say, the vampires are going to look a little, oh, yeah. a little rough. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I Kristen. Mean, I mean, of, oh, yeah, of sorry. course. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Same. Same as Deb. You know, I was getting weepy thinking about the characters, yeah. you know, that I do miss them too. It is a funny schizophrenic feeling, but... Um, but yeah, and it, it, if I could play with those people and if it was right and the writing wasn't something too foreign from what I thought we we did beautifully, yeah. Yeah. All right. And and Deb, would you you already said you'd go back to play with some of these other fictional yeah. characters, but would I you? Think, no, I think for sure. I mean, there were a couple of things about, you know, I'm I'm one of those silly actors who has like dreams for their character and like just like you would in your own life, oh, right? Like I have yeah, yeah the, like, as Deb, I have dreams and hopes for my life. They may not come true, but I have those. And so as a character, in a way, you know, that that writer is fate deciding what happens to you. But I, I had my own ideas and and, uh, you know, to be perfectly frank, they didn't really come true. And so I, I would be very curious to see what Jessica's up to now and and mm. what, um, you know, whether, you know, she would have pivoted to something that felt more like what she was hoping for. But we'll yeah. yeah, well. With that said, who knows what the future holds, but we know that right now the truest blood, truest blood allows us to revisit and continue to live in the world of true blood. Every Monday, there are new episodes on Spotify, on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, and people should check it out. They should subscribe. They should leave a review. And of course, they should check out True Blood on HBO Max and watch it along with the truest blood podcast yeah. so check those out and if i may humbly say thanks to everyone for joining this talk don't forget to subscribe download each week to talking strange on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts check out my other video interviews at youtube.com slash us and give me a follow on instagram twitter facebook patreon 
Talking Strange Pod at Twitter, all over the place, all over the place. And Janina, Kristen, and Deb, thank you each for your time. It's really been truly enjoyable listening to Truest Blood and and kind of hanging out with your friends again from yeah. True Blood. So yeah. thank you guys for joining us. Yes, thank and you so much. Good to see you. Yes. <laughs> and for everyone out there, until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird.